Well, welcome folks. Tonight I'm busy with a series entitled Spiritual Warfare, and I'm going to do this in three sessions. So this is part one of three. And tonight I'm going to be dealing uh, on the first section, and that is dealing with principalities and powers. All right, let's start off in our first scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And I want you to just turn there quickly. Because this is important for you to know this. And it says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the, dark, uh, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now I want to highlight something to you. The Bible says you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now what does that mean? It means we don't fight people. Now I want to ask you something. How many of us fight people? Some of you, all of you, very you. Yes, all of us. Alright? You get mad with somebody and you immediately start going at them. How many of you have had a problem with somebody and you firstly want to hit them with a brick? You know, your enemy, you don't like them very much. They've done you wrong, they've done something wrong. Okay, now we're down to two people. Um, but the point is this is we immediately react in the flesh. We fight the person because we go according to fear. That was not right, that was not fair, and I need to fix this. And immediately we try and fix things. How many of you know of somebody like a rebellious teenager, for instance? So what's the first thing you want to do? Counsel them. Reprimand them, talk to them, counsel them. If you can't get it right, you drag them to me or pastor. You say, fix my child. So what are we doing? We are fighting in the flesh. And the Bible says you don't fight people. You actually have to fight these spiritual things. So now, my question is this. How do I fight something that I can't see? Come on. I never got taught how to fight something that I can't see. Because now it's impossible. I can't see this thing, but the Bible says that I'm not fighting the person, I'm actually fighting a principality or a power or something else that I cannot see. So now let's have a look at the scripture very carefully. It's very important that we get these things uh, sorted out in our lives. Alright, in Ephesians chapter 6, um, verse 12, we see that there are certain rankings. Those names that you see there from principality down are different rankings of the demonic force. Okay, so I want you to look at this thing. Satan has got an army, he's got different ranks. Alright, the highest rank that you're going to find is what we call the demonic trinity. Okay, it's not mentioned in this scripture, I just want you to know there's three of them. Like you have the guarded, you've got the demonic trinity that will go together. Alright, and they are Satan. The next one is the Antichrist that works with him. So Satan has the Antichrist that is still going to be revealed. They're not operating at the moment. Okay, so we're going to still get there. And the third one is the false prophet. Alright, so if you want scripture for this, Satan, you can find in Revelation chapter 12 verse 9. The false prophet in Revelation 16 verse 3. The Antichrist um, in Revelation 13 verse 2. Okay, just write down, you can go and catch up on the way. Alright, so now you've got the three that are in charge of Satan's whole domain. Now under that, you have got 
where we start now with the principalities. The principality, the word principality means the main man. Though even in, in the Christian thing, who is our principality? Jesus Christ. Alright? The person right in top who is in charge. So the principality, and everybody says it's the devil. It is not the devil, okay? The principality is a demonic force that is in charge. It's chief rulers or the highest order, which you find. The powers is the next level. These are the sergeants. They are the authorities that carry out the orders of the principalities. The next level of ranking that you get. The third level are rulers of this age. Now I want you to take note of the rulers of this age. These are men and women who are in charge of a nation or have an authority over an area that has been influenced by demonic force. Let me give an example, Hitler. He was a person over Germany, but yet he was demonically inspired that he could kill millions. Stalin. I mean, we can go through all of these guys through history. They are leaders that have been uh, demonically inspired or controlled to be able to do something that is wrong. Now these levels of demonic activity all come from the fallen angels. Remember that in the beginning, God made all the angels. One third of them walked out of heaven. Okay? And they came to rule on the earth. The Bible says that they were cast down to the earth and they were ruling on the earth. So now they still rule on this earth. But I want you to see something, that they have this order. Okay? And then you've got the last lot, wickedness in heavenly places. And they are demons. Okay? They do not have bodies. They are trying to possess the people and the public. Now, I will deal with demons. Demons are not part of the fallen angels group. And I'll deal with that. The biggest way that you know the difference is demons don't have bodies. The fallen angels all have bodies. God created angels with bodies. They they can physically appear and not appear. So even when they were influencing, let's say, Hitler or somebody, they could appear to Hitler and actually talk to them if they wanted to. And there are some cases where they would actually see a demonic presence and the presence would give them stuff to say. Let me give you some times, you'd hear about it in some of the artists. Alistair Cooper, when he wrote some of his songs, he says that there would be an angel appearing next to him and give him the lyrics to write down. And the demon will actually tell him exactly what what to say. And he said that if you take the name Alistair Cooper, for instance, I will make you rich and famous. If you listen to some of these guys, you'll see that they'd physically see this ruler appearing, one of these rulers appearing to influence them to be able to do something wrong. Okay, so I want you to understand that when we deal with principalities, when we deal with powers and rulers, these are the fallen angels that have come down and they are busy taking control over the entire planet. But the the lowest ranking of that is demons. And that is what the church has mixed up this lot. And said, listen, everything that is a principality is a demon. No, it's not. Demons do not have bodies. They are looking for bodies, and I'll deal with that in depth next week. Okay, so what we are going to do is this. Is I want you to go back to Ephesians chapter um, 6, and I want you to see this. Is that there we see that the highest rankings that you've got is principalities and powers. 
Okay? These are the two that control most of what's going on around in the world today. And what is interesting is this, is in Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, write this down, Jesus Christ came and He disarmed them of all their weapons. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 it says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So in other words, Jesus Christ came to these top two ranks and said, Listen, I'm taking away all your weapons. You cannot fight anymore. Now if you go back to the, to the uh, book of Daniel, and remember that Daniel prayed, and he prayed to God, and then Gabriel tried to get a message from God back to Daniel. And the Bible says that for 21 days there was a fight in the heavenlies that Gabriel could not get through. Gabriel, who was an archangel, the messenger angel of God, had to then call Michael, which is the warring angel, and Michael had to come and fight off these principalities to get Gabriel through to get to Daniel, to give him the answer. Now the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that those principalities are now disarmed. They don't have the weaponry to fight like they used to fight. So here comes the thing. The Bible says that we as Christians don't fight against men and women. We are fighting these principalities and powers. We are fighting these demonic forces that are controlling the people. So how do I start getting victory? And this is what we need to do. Is we need to understand how God's word works. You see, the problem is this, is most Christians get born again, and we, get, we accept Jesus Christ in our life, and then we act just like we did before we got born again. Come on, we all do that. We just add Jesus to our lifestyle. We might fix up, we don't smoke or drink or whatever, and we sort out a bit of sin. But we actually just do exactly what we did before. We're just now good people. Except the Bible says that you should change the way that you do everything. The way that God operates and the way that you operate in the world are two different ways. And we have to learn how God operates if we want to see the victories like Jesus Christ did. Do you guys agree? So now, I want us to jump to verse 16. Ephesians chapter 6, sorry, verse 17. It says this. It says, and take up the helmet of salvation. And it says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, when you go look at the sword of the Spirit, and I want you to understand this very clearly now, that word Spirit is actually incorrectly translated. It shouldn't be a capital S. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the Spirit world. In other words, the sword of the Spirit world is the Word of God. So in other words, if I want to operate in the Spirit world where I can't see, I need to have the Word of God because that is my only attacking weapon that I've got. Are you guys with me? So if I want to deal in the spirit realm, I have to use the Word. Then I want you quickly to jump to Revelation chapter 1 verse 16. And it says, And he had in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth when the sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. It's speaking about Jesus Christ and out of his mouth came a sword. 
The Bible says that the two-edged sword is the Word of God. The Word of God is like sharper than a two-edged sword dividing the soul and the spirit and all of that, okay? So what is this saying? How do I release or use my sword in the spirit when I speak it? If you do not speak the word, you are not releasing a weapon in the spirit. Now I want to go some radical stuff here. How many of us pray, let's say I've got a rebellious child. How many of you have prayed over a rebellious child example or any situation? And you pray over the situation, but you've never quoted a scripture. Come on, most of us have. God, please heal somebody. God, please move on that person's life. God, please protect them. And you never use a scripture. Come on, who's ever done that? Most of us pray like that. Do you know that nothing has moved in the spirit realm? Because even though you have prayed, the Bible says many have asked and they have not received because they have prayed amiss. You've prayed incorrectly and because you've prayed incorrectly, you never receive what you're meant to have received. So how do I get things operating in my life? I need to get that victory. I need to see something happening in my life. I am tired of praying prayers and I never see the results. Come on, who's prayed prayers and don't see results? Let's be honest. Why? It's because we are praying amiss. And I'm going to help you tonight. If I need to fight in the spirit realm, I need to know how to fight in the spirit realm, and I need to see where I'm fighting in the spirit realm, and I need to see this thing start taking control. Do you guys agree? So now, Jesus Christ is our example. Do you agree? Okay? I want you to quickly go, to me, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 is the story of Jesus being tempted. Now I want you to see something very interesting. Yeah, Jesus is being tempted. Satan himself comes to Jesus Christ. Now there's a lot of people running around and saying, well the devil's done this and the devil's done that and the devil's done the next thing to your life. I want to tell you right now, the devil's not running around over our planet trying to torment you. Satan right now is in one place. He is before God in the throne accusing you of a whole lot of stuff. The Bible says that he sits there day and night accusing the brethren of everything. So he's not on the planet right now. He's in God's presence busy fighting about you. Which is a good thing. Okay? So who's controlling the planet? His principalities, his powers and his wickedness. Okay? And all of these rulers. They are controlling the planet right now. So we have got to fight them and not the person. Let me give an example how this works. Have you ever had a thing in your house when somebody comes to visit and suddenly the whole atmosphere changes and then suddenly everybody wants to fight and didn't want to fight before they came but after they left everybody wants to fight in your house. Ever had that? What's happened? There was a demonic presence that came into your house they left and left the nonsense behind. You see, and yet we will be fighting with the person and going, why am I actually fighting with you? There's no reason for this. I'm just using an example. And we live like this all the time because we are so geared at sorting the person out. We are not geared at sorting out the spirit that's influencing the person. I want you to know that even if you're a Christian, you can be influenced by 
a demonic thing that comes around. How do I know that? Well, Peter, remember when he went to Jesus and Jesus asked him, you remember Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he says, yes, yes, I do. Then he says, well, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but it's come directly from the Spirit of God, you know? And he says, it's directly God. A few verses later, he goes, I will take up swords. And what does Jesus go? Get thee behind me, Satan. The very oak who heard God, now here's the devil. Used of God, used of the devil, we can be used all over the place. We have got to be sensitive and know that when you are born again, you do not have to be controlled by the devil and allow the devil. You've got to be so sensitive in what's going on in your life. Okay? So here's Jesus Christ. He gets tempted by the devil. Satan himself rocks up. Remember, because he's not now in heaven accusing anybody. He's got nothing to accuse. He's busy running the earth. So he rocks up to Jesus Christ and he says to him, listen, and he goes through the three temptations. What does Jesus do to counteract him? It is written. It is written. It is written. Not once do I see him saying to the devil, I bind you. Not once do I say, I resist you. Not once do I say, I rebuke you. So in Matthew chapter 4, and you can read it in verse 7, uh, verse 4, verse 7, and verse 10. It says, it is written, it is written, it is written. So Jesus Christ gives us the key on how to fight these fallen angels. The minute you say, it is written, yeah, is the scripture. This is what God says. It starts moving something in the spirit because God's word is the way that I fight in a spirit realm that I can't see. So what scripture do I use? The scripture that I want to see the result. What do I mean by that? If somebody's sick, I sit down and I say, Thank you Lord, by your stripes this person was healed. I want healing. I use scripture and then all of a sudden in the spirit realm there is a reaction. Are you guys with me? Okay, I'm going to show you exactly how this works. So now, the minute... Um, just while you're there in Matthew chapter 4, let's jump to verse 11. The minute Jesus Christ had finished with the devil. Let's just stay there. Let's, I'll come back to that. What happens when I release a scripture practically? When I release a scripture practically, I've released my sword. I've released an attack against a demonic thing that is impacting or influencing either my life or my nation, whatever I'm praying for, that I can't see. What happens now? Let's quickly go to Psalm 103, verse 20. Are you guys still with me? Okay. If it gets a bit heavy, just say slow down. Psalm 103, verse 20. It says this, Bless the Lord, you His angels, who in selling strength... Who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. Okay, so now we see that angels are standing there, and they will do God's word, and they listen or they obey the voice of God's word. Do you see that? Now comes the question. How do I give voice to God's word? Come on. Speak it. The minute... Let me get my Bible. The minute I 
speak the word. I can have the Bible sitting on my lounge table. But if I do not speak the word, I'm not releasing any angels to move. Now I want you to understand something, that angels are there to fight for you. But if I don't speak the word, they stand at attention waiting. Now can you, I want you to get this picture. Here you are, and you're going through a terrible time, and in the spirit, all hell is coming against you, every demonic force is coming, every rank is coming against you, over your area, over your business, over your city, whatever it is, and the devil is piling the stuff on, and here's a Christian going, please God help. Come on, that's how we pray. Oh God, we'll do anything, I'll go to the ministry, I'll go anywhere, just get me out of this mess. And they pray these prayers, and the angel standing there going, I can't do anything. They stand at attention waiting. Because the only, the only thing that moves an angel is when the word of God is released. Because that's when the weapon is released. The minute that scripture is released, this angel that is armed, remember now he's fighting a disarmed bunch. They don't have any armed uh, response to this. And the angel who is a warrior angel can now fight on your behalf so that you can get the victory and that thing that is influencing you or your loved one or whatever you're praying over, it starts changing because you have released scripture. That's why if you ever go to a prayer meeting and you don't quote scripture, then I'm sorry we haven't gone to a prayer meeting. I want to tell you something. How many of you have seen that there's been a decline in our city spiritually over the last 20 odd years? I'll tell you why. Very simply. Because 20 odd years ago there were a lot of people who used to pray and I was in those prayer meetings and all they did was quote scripture one after the next. And they would release word over this, this country and over the city. I mean they would just quote scripture, quote scripture, say Lord bless this place. Lord thank you for your favor. And they start releasing direct scripture over the place. And it says, you know, simple stuff like, God, you give your beloved sleep. And they release it over their kids so that the kids will sleep peacefully. I want to tell you right now, most of us don't even know 30 scriptures. We go to a prayer meeting and then we go, oh, what must we pray about? And then they start going into the flesh. And the problem is, the angels are standing there ready to fight for you. And they go, sorry, we can't. You see, you can't fight that principality. You can't even see the darn thing. Only angels can fight them for you. So, I want you to go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 verse 11. It says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So in other words, you have got angels standing guard ready to help you. They are there. But you can't get them to move if you don't quote a scripture. I bet you there's a lot of us having to go repent quite a lot. Saying, oh yes, my life could have been a lot easier if I'd just known a bit of Bible. See, this is why the Bible says that you need to know the word. Okay? Now let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 11 quickly. I know that I'm giving you lots of scripture. Just write it down. You're going to have to study this at home. 
Matthew chapter 4 verse 11. And this is straight after Jesus Christ said, it is written, it is written. The third time he said it was written, the devil left. And behold, angels came and ministered to Jesus. Not one, a whole bunch. Now I want to tell you something. What stopped the devil from keep coming back? Why don't you just keep coming back? Because Jesus Christ kept on throwing scripture at him. The third time, he says, devil, just go away. It is written. The third time he just said, listen, I'm tired of this thing now. Devil, just leave me and get out of the way. So, even Satan himself takes on Jesus Christ as a man. And all Jesus Christ did was quote scripture and he sorted the devil out without any issue. And then angels came to minister to him. Remember, he'd been fasting for 40 odd days. He was now weak and tired, and he just had to face this. And angels came to minister to him. I want you to know that the angels that are assigned to us are awesome. They are there, incredible power, might, and dominion to take back anything that the devil has ever tried over your life, as long as you release the word. If you don't release the word, they cannot help you. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says this, Are they not all ministering spirits? Just before that it says that these are angels, okay? These ministering spirits. Send forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. It does not say minister to you. It says to minister for you. In other words, that angels are there to fight for you. They are waiting to, they are your army. Now we've got this thing wrong. Because there are scriptures that says, like in Timothy, where it says that you should be like a soldier. Okay? So everybody's got this idea. And you come to Ephesians, and you read this, and you see this armor, and you must put on the whole armor of God, and you got to take up the sword. And everybody just got this idea that I'm one of the troops. You are not one of the troops. You are one of the commanders in God's army. You release something and your army goes to fight for you. It's like, I want you to get the picture. If you're going to war, have you seen these olden day movies where the guy sits on a horse and he's got his sword and he goes, charge. He's the oak on the horse, but the troops are running like crazy. I want you to get that picture in your mind. When I release the word, I've got an army fighting for me. And that army is going to sort out anything spiritual. And once it's sorted out the spiritual, whatever has been been influenced, changes back to its sound mind as it should be. So if you've got a rebellious child, I'll use that as an example, you pray God's word over that child. Nothing else. God's word. That God... Your word says that you have a plan and a future for this child in Jesus' name. Your word says that nothing can separate your love from this child in Jesus' name. And as you do that, the angels start fighting off this demonic thing over this child. Breaks off those influences. And the next second the child comes back to its sound mind. It says, I can think clearly. I think rationally. I'm not just being rebellious. See, because the Bible says that witchcraft, uh, rebellion is as the son of witchcraft. In other words, there's a spirit behind this thing. There's a demonic thing that's inspiring rebellion. Okay? So they are there to minister for us. 
And I want you to know that they are even in the New Testament, angels are there to set you free or do whatever it needs to be to get you to the place if you really do this properly. In Acts chapter 5 verse 19, and this is now where the Oaks are in prison. Now one thing I like about Acts, they permanently were in prison. I think they spent more days in prison than they did in their houses. Okay, these folks are always locked up for something. And yeah, they're in prison again. But this time, while they're in prison, the church is praying. What is the church praying? I'm telling you now, they were praying scripture. Why do I know that? Acts 5.19, And at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said to them, Go. Angel of the Lord went there to go and do that. What gave that angel an instruction? Only the word. Somebody released the word and that angel got them out of prison. Can you imagine if you're physically sitting in prison in the chuki and here comes an angel and just opens all the doors? Listen, I've been impressed. I'm telling you right now, we are not seeing anything near to what we could be seeing because we don't understand how spiritual warfare operates. See, we've got this thing, fasting and praying. Your fasting and praying can do nothing. It will not do anything if you go contrary to the word. Your army only moves on one command. You'll be very anointed in jail. I'm not joking. That's what fasting and praying is meant to do. It's meant to bold me up. Let me be sensitive to God's spirit. Let me hear His voice. That's what fasting and praying is. Fasting and praying is not meant to fight the battle for you. Your battle is fought by angels. That's why even with Elijah, you remember the story with his servant? He says, there's more for us than against us, but a guy can't see a darn thing. Then God, please open his eyes. And he said, he saw this whole army. He goes, I like this. Go read in the Old Testament. One angel sorted out thousands of troops. Physical armies were destroyed because the angel of the Lord rocked up. Egypt, remember the story? With the last one where all the babies were killed? One angel killed the whole lot of the Egyptian. Every boy under the age of two, I think it was, or two years old. Every firstborn was killed, the whole lot. Because the angel of the Lord, one angel went through. The whole nation. Let me tell you something. We are not dealing with Mickey Mouse things. We are dealing with supernatural power that's at your disposal, but because of our ignorance, we sit down and get clapped. All right. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. I want you to see this: that Satan is the god of this world. It says, "Whose minds the gods of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of." Uh, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Okay? Satan is the God of this world. The God of this age, Satan himself has blinded this. He's blinded people, he's influenced people. But I want us quickly to go and see, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, it says, In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit 
who now works in the sons of disobedience. What is this saying? It's saying anybody who is not born again is under a demonic influence. A demonic spirit operates in every single person who is not born again. Now I want you to know that's important. How many of you have got mad with somebody who is not a Christian? Come on, let's be very honest. Come on. We get mad with people. And we go, that person, look at them, they did this and they did that. I want you to know, how can you attack the person if the Bible says that every one of them are under a demonic influence? Do you expect anything different? How can somebody act properly if there's something driving them to do something else? How do I know that that's so real? Have you ever had a child, have you ever had to teach a child to be good? Have you ever had to teach a child to be naughty? Which comes easier? Come on. I don't have to teach a child to be good. I mean to be naughty. That's natural. They will just be naughty automatically. Why? Because there's an influence over this world that is naturally there. Paul even says, he says in Romans, he says, the things that I'd like to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. You know, he goes, I have this battle too. So, I want you to know that if you are not born again, there is a spirit that is controlling you. Okay, so what is the biggest instruction that has been given to the unbelievers in this world? You know what the instruction is? To go and gather wealth. That's why, if you speak to anybody who is not saved, all they want to do is make money. Come on, have you met guys who want to make money? All I want to do is get money. And they're trying to work out a deal and get money and all they're doing. They're doing what God expected them to do. Okay? God says the instruction of the unsaved and the wicked is to go and gather the wealth. That's why the Bible says the wealth of the, uh, un, uh, what, the scripture go? The wealth of the unrighteous is stored up for the righteous. The unrighteous job is to go get the money. So they're doing what they meant to do. But they are also doing it under an influence of a demonic thing. Because the Bible is very clear and it says this. According to the prince of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. If you're not born again, there is a spirit that is operating in your life. So what do we do? We fight the person and not the spirit that's affecting the person. Can you see how wrong we have been? So... I've got good news for you. 1 Colossians chapter 3. Uh, sorry, 1 Col- uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. It says this. He has, Jesus, He has delivered us from the power of the darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. What does it mean? It means that you have been taken out of that spiritual control and you put into Jesus Christ, where you are saved. That's why the Bible says that you are now a new creature. All things have been passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, there's a lot of stuff. I can give you lots of scripture on this. The Bible says you are not under that influence anymore. You are now taken out. You are of this world, in this world, but you're not of this world. Okay? There's lots of scripture to back this. So in other words, you, you are not controlled by the demonic spirit anymore that's over this world. But, 
You still have a choice. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 is given to Christians. It says, nor give place to the devil. Don't give the devil a foothold. How many of us Christians know better and still deliberately go and sit? Come on. You know that you shouldn't get angry at this person, but you do anyway. Just because you're less. How many of you feel like you could just give up your salvation for 10 minutes, become unsaved, sort this out and get saved again? We give the devil footholds in our lives as Christians. But you are not driven by that demonic force anymore. And you have got a choice to break that thing off your life. Okay? Now we open the door. So now comes the question. If I'm dealing with these spiritual powers and these principalities, and now we know how to deal with them now. I hope we do. Alright? I hope every one of us are going to go and learn a lot of scripture about tomorrow. If you've got an area in your life that needs to change, quote scripture. Remember that they are only going to move. I can't be trusting God for a house or something and go and quote scripture on being healed. Do you understand? They move in the area of where you're quoting. Okay? So get scripture on what you want so that angels can go fight and sort it out for you. So you can get what you need. Okay, now. How do I sort out people now? Because now, listen, we've got an issue. I still have this person that's not doing so lacquer. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44 says this. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, why on earth must I pray for somebody who is my enemy? Come on. Why must I pray for him? Let me tell you why. Because I need to break the spiritual influence over him, so that he can come to his sound mind, so that we can then be fine. If I want to make my enemy my friend, I operate in love and say, God, I love this person. God, even though he's giving me a hard time, see the person attacking you as somebody who is influenced by a demonic spirit. If you understand that, it's going to help a lot. It's easier to love them then. Say, God, they're not in their sound mind. There's something there that is a clash, whether it be in the spirit. Let's say you are full of God, you are in prayer meetings or whatever, you're full and fire on, on for God. And then this person comes and there's this big clash. You're going to have a clash if you put light and dark together. What did you expect? Everybody's going to be a me. Come on, the Bible says that you'll be hated because of the gospel. Not because you're a Christian, because you're full of God, the anointing of God, the power of God. You have got, you become a threat to that demonic spirit that's influencing the person. When they come close to you, they sit down and go, I'm scared of that because of that guy knows how to set this person free. I can tell you, that has happened to me so many times, because when I understood how to deal with the spiritual, every demon in hell used to be scared of me wherever I went. Not because of anything, not an arrogant thing, not because I'm Superman, it's because I learned how to sort this out. 
And the devil goes, whoa, I don't, I don't need this. I'm going to do everything to keep my control over this person. So I'll make that person attack you, verbally or whatever. Let me tell you something. I physically would walk down Cape Road and Satanists would come and they'd cross the road because they wouldn't want to be on the same side as me. So I crossed the road. Then they crossed the road and we played this game up and down. You see, it is not because of anything other than I knew how to set the person free and how I loved the person and I hated the spirit that was controlling them. So, I want to help you tonight. If somebody is really going off their rocker, attacking you, and really tries to dig at you, and try and connive and do whatever they can, I want you to know, first of all, you must congratulate them if they're not saved, because they're doing a very good job as according to what they should be doing. Come on, the devil, they're being very good servants of the devil the father. They're doing exactly what the Bible says. They're controlled by a spirit of the air. If you breathe air, there's a demonic spirit controlling everybody who's not saved. And they're doing a great job. Some of them are really doing well. They cause division, they cause divorce. They're doing a great job. They're doing exactly what they're meant to do. And so, write this down. Here's a pasala. James chapter 3 verse 16. It says, and where there is strife, there is every evil work abiding. <laughs> How many people ever fight in their homes? Your kids fight, and they go, ah, oh, it's just boys, or it's just kids. No, it's opening up every demonic spirit in your house. If you want it, you can have it. I don't want it in my house. I fight strife off so hard. Doesn't mean we don't have it. It means it doesn't get tolerated. It gets sorted out quickly. I do not have a whole bunch of demons running around in my house. So, what am I saying? I have to pray the word over my enemies. When I pray the word, my angels start fighting off the demonic. And suddenly those that hated me, suddenly start loving me. Or accepting me, or tolerating me. But remember, think about this. If I'm, let's say we... They say, Hendrik and I are fighting. He's my enemy. A real enemy. I keep loving him. Already that's going to make him very uncomfortable. Come on, think about it. If I genuinely, unconditionally, no matter how much he's throwing at me, and whatever he's saying about me, I'll just keep saying, I love you brother. I'm, you know, I, I won't call him a brother if he's not saved. Okay, but I, I keep just gently, just accepting him, not, not climbing in. At the same time, I'm busy praying the word over him. God's plan, God's purpose, God's desire. He's not there, but I pray the word. The demonic gets sorted out. He comes to his sound mind without the influence, and suddenly he realizes there's so much love coming to me. What's he going to do? The Bible says the goodness of the Lord leads to repentance. So who was once your enemy can be your brother, because you're handling it correctly. And that can be your boss, it could be anybody. Anybody who is treating you badly, this is why the scripture says, pray for those who despitefully use you, and abuse you, and persecute you. So that you can bring them into freedom, and get them born again. Now, I'm going to touch on a very heavy one. Are you guys okay? I've been gentle with you now. Now it's time to cut a little bit. How many of you have had an issue with our government? Don't put up your hand. 
How many of you have, have spoken badly about our government? Don't put up your hand. Okay? What spirit is in play there? What spirit? Not strife. Come on, out of the ranks of demons, I gave you one. Eh? No, which one? Rulers of darkness. Remember I said it's a demonic spirit that influences a leader. Remember? Now, I want us quickly to turn, and I want you physically to turn this. I want to show you this. I'm going to help you a lot. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. I'm nearly finished. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. Are you guys there? It says this, And let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist, okay, that exist are appointed by God. I want you to look at this very carefully. Do you realize that your president has been appointed by God and it is God ordained that he's sitting there? Okay, now that's your first problem. Look at verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Okay? What what does that mean? It means, if you speak against our leadership, you are putting a curse on yourself by God. So some of us are going to have to sort out this curse story. Now, what do I, now let's take it even one step worse, one step further. Let's not use our president. The neighboring country next to us is a president there that not many people enjoy very much. The question is this, did God put him there? According to the Bible, God did. So what do we do? We speak bad about the president, about the rulership, the way they rule things, the way stuff that happens. And I promise you right now, the media, the billboards are geared to bring you into strife. They are geared for that. Let me give an example. The billboard today that I was writing and I saw this and it said something about, well, winter's coming, what are we going to do about uh, electricity? And they started to think. I'm telling you right now, that thing breeds so much strife because now everybody's going to fight and say, look at this thing. We're going into winter. How am I going to sort out my heater? Nobody's worried about the poor. Or the, you know, but we worry about me and myself and my comfort zone. And it starts a fight. So what do we do? We start speaking against our authority and we start bringing a judgment on ourselves. So how do we sort this out? Exactly like Daniel does. You start praying for your leadership and start commanding the blessing of God and start releasing the word of God as you want it to be done. Like this, this is how you pray. The Bible says, go read in Romans chapter 13, you can expect your government to do two things. One, you can expect them to rule. And number two, they are supposed to bring justice in the sense of law and order. So they're supposed to rule over a country, and they're supposed to bring justice in a country. Okay? That's what they meant to do. 
And I want to just throw this in now as a pasala. And I want to do this on another thing. This is not quite spiritual warfare. But I want to just tell you right now, there is nothing in the Bible about a Christian government. Don't go there. Alright? There's nothing in the Bible about a Christian government. The Bible is very clear about what the government's meant to do. Romans chapter 13 makes it clear. Two things. They must rule and they must bring a law on an order in the country. That's what you can expect. So choose a party. When you vote, choose a party that brings those two in. Don't go with this thing of saying, I'm going for a Christian party now. Let me just shoot that out of the water. Why do they go to Christian party? Because they sit down and they say this. Okay, they are standing, they're the only ones that stand for pro-life. They're not against abortion, killing babies, you know. They're the ones that stand for, for pro-life. That's fine. But they also stand for freedom of religion. What is freedom of religion according to the word? Idolatry. I'm allowing other idols, other worship into my nation. That's idolatry. That's just as bad as abortion. According to God. If you want to stand for a Christian country, I am a Christian country and no other religion is allowed to be here. We will destroy every other religion if you want to go that route. Come on. So nowhere in the Bible does it give us a thing to say there must be a Christian government. It says no matter which leader is in place, when I release the scripture, angels will start fighting to change it. The Bible is very clear. You have the country or the government that you have called on to you. What happened in our nation? 94 election, everybody panicked, everybody prayed. Yes, this nation prayed. What did they pray? They prayed for peace. Come on, remember those prayers? God, we pray for peace. Now, they start quoting scripture without even realizing it. You know, if you humble yourself and pray, I will heal your nation. Pray for peace of Jerusalem, pray for peace of your nation. So we pray for peace, angels fight for our behalf, we have this awesome peace. What's the next prayer that gets prayed? God expose the corruption. So guess what? All the corruption gets exposed, there's a huge commorse, what does it do? It ends up with our hearts even more in a mess. We are not praying right, guys. We have got to pray the scripture over a situation. And the only reason I'm raising this now is because this one carries a curse. If we don't sort this out, you will have a curse on your own life and you don't want to know why. So, how does God move in this thing? Alright, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. This is very important, I want you to see this. It says... King's heart is in the hand of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it whichever way he wishes. God did not say the king has to be Christian. Take Pharaoh. The Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He wasn't Christian. I'm telling you right now, whichever president is in there, God can turn his heart in whichever way. You pray, God give our government wisdom. Give them strategy. You know what I prayed when I saw that billboard about Eskom? I said, God give somebody strategy to solve this nation's problem in Jesus' name. I pray for creative ideas that the energy crisis will be solved supernaturally and quickly. Pray for a creative idea that somebody will come up with a plan. I did not rebuke them. I did not hammer them. I'm I'm tired of the church calling negativity onto stuff because what you ask for, you'll have. 
And so we have got to start turning this thing very quick. Alright, last point. If I'm going to fight in the spirit, I release the word as I need it, it changes things. The other way that I fight in the spirit is I use the prophetic word that has been spoken over my life. Okay? Let's quickly turn to 1 Timothy 1.18. Like I said, it's the last point. It says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage a good warfare. How do I wage a good warfare with prophecies that have been given over me? Let me tell you why. The prophecies that have been given over me have been words that God told a prophet to tell me which is God's word. Do you agree? God said it and it's been spoken over me. Now look carefully, it did not say a prophecy. It said prophecies. In other words, get a lot of prophecies. Let people prophesy over you and then, you know what's important? Record all of them. Write them out. And if let's say you get 20 prophecies, 18 of them tell you to do something. There's a good chance God told you to do it. Come on. I've got files of prophecies. And God keeps telling me that I must be a dean of a college. I am sick and tired of being told I must be a dean of a Bible school. If I get told that one more time, I'm telling you, I'm not joking, I literally feel like I'm going to puke. I'm going, God, please, I know I must be a dean. Don't tell the prophet that. But why do, why do I get it every time? Because God's reinforcing that it's Him speaking. These guys don't know me from a bar of soap. They'll call me up and they'll say, Oh, what's your name? Arthur. Okay, Arthur, God shows me you must be a dean of a college. I'm going, yes, I know that. What else? Carry on. Okay, so what I'm saying is this. Is when you get the same thing over and over, there's a chance, a very good chance, that it was actually right. You guys with me? Then I go and take that word and I say, God, I thank you for the word that you said over my life. And at the same respect of that, the angels start fighting. Because now I'm waging a good warfare on the prophecies given to me. So I want to encourage you, get under prophetic ministry. The Bible says, have it tested. If there's 20 or 30 of them in your, in your life, then you'll see, if it follows a trend, there's a good chance that that's what you're supposed to do. Right, I want to close in the summary with this. Your weapons to fight the spiritual realm are two major things. The Word and your prophecies. The Word of God, Scripture and your prophecies. If you need to fight something in the spirit realm that you can't see, those two things will release an army on your behalf. Do not fight people anymore in Jesus' name. People are not your problem. The spirit that's controlling the people is your problem. And that will change your entire way of seeing people. God loves people. He wants them saved. He wants them in heaven. He does not want them to go to hell. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for Satan and his chummies. The people are choosing to go with him. Do you know that even when you get to heaven, you've got a chance of going to hell? Did you know that? The Bible says that he intercedes for you day and night forever. Jesus Christ has to intercede for you forever, because even in heaven you've still got a choice to choose Satan. 
Like Satan chose while he was in heaven to go and rebel, you will always have a choice. God will never take that choice from you. God, Jesus would never have to intercede forever if there was a chance that you, you'd never fall away again. So you always have that choice. Let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth. Lord, I thank you that we are not going to stop in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, that we are going to start using your word, proclaiming your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that as we release scripture, Lord, we are going to see the mighty move of God over our lives and in our situation. Lord, I thank you that we are going to use scripture over our businesses. We're going to use scripture over our homes. We're going to use scripture over the city. Lord, we're going to use scripture over our nation in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless our leaders of this nation. Father, I pray for wisdom. Lord, I pray for guidance. Lord, I thank you right now that you're going to lead them according to your word in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've got them in the palm of your hand and you'll turn their hearts, Lord, whichever way you want them to go. Father, I thank you right now that you are going to move in our lives in such a way, Lord, that we will see people as important. Lord, we will understand why we need to pray for our enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we call in a new day for each one of us in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that we are not going to stay the same, but Lord, we are going to move to a new level. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to the message today. For more of my teachings, please visit our website, www.fathersheart.co.za. Or subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's word as he reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.